welcome to a new episode of the Fashion Grunge Pod. I'm Lauren. And I'm Jules. Hey, number 165. 165. I'm excited. That's a long time. We still have a lot of random movies to go. So, uh, It's yeah. crazy that there's so... I mean, there's just so many out there. I feel like you've definitely hit a lot of them, but there's so many that, like... We've talked about, we're like, oh, we're going to do that. We have a list. Just just the two of us. Uh-huh. <laughs> we still are going to do Josie and the Pussycats at some point on the Patreon. We still, there's something else that you were, oh, you're going to do the remix of Reality Bites because you haven't seen it. Yeah, yep. So that'll be cool. So yeah, we're going to go back and like revisit some of them. But we're doing The Good Son today from 1993. This is kind of like, this is one of those movies I'm surprised I haven't done yet. Yeah, I I was surprised when you asked me about it because like I like when we were talking about it, I had not heard of this movie, like oh. until like this like this season, um, like so it's very very new to me, but it's pretty oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, I was gonna say like what I don't have that much of a history with it. I've seen this movie. The first time I saw it was probably at like a sleepover because I remember being in like a basement and there being a tape. And I feel like this is just my scenario in my head because this probably happened. I was probably like at a sleepover and someone's parents like got movies from Blockbuster. Like, okay, a bunch of kids are coming over tonight, like get them three movies and they'll like be in the basement watching them. And then because Macaulay Culkin was already famous, they were probably like, oh, Macaulay Culkin, Elijah Wood. Yeah, they'd probably like that. And then we were like watching it and we're like, what the fuck? This shit is so dark. And I remember being like, this is really weird. And then I never saw it again until I was like an adult and it was like on TV. And I was like, oh, this is that weird movie that Macaulay Culkin's like evil in. But I never like, it was never talked about. I just never thought about it again. And then I was like, oh, oh shit, the good son. <laughs> Dude, you just like opened up like a whole uh, just memory bank of like going to Blockbuster and like picking out a new scary movie. You don't know what the hell you're gonna get. No. Like I watched some weird ass movies that I got from Blockbuster, only seeing you know the cover. Yeah. Uh, the little like sample cover. Uh, oh wow. I miss Blockbuster. I know. Did you hear that Netflix now? It's really funny that they can't pay their fucking actors, but they're doing this. They are um, trying to open up like physical locations. They're like, you know, experiences with our titles. And people on Twitter are like, dude, this is just a Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're laughable. making a physical movie store again, like acting like it's new. <laughs> laughable. Absolutely laughable. God. And then uh, whoever runs the Blockbuster like Twitter account is amazing because they just quote tweeted the article of like Netflix being really excited and they were like, do you want us to tell them how it ends? <laughs> and I was like, whoever's over there like running those accounts is like pretty amazing because I was like, that's pretty funny. That's pretty I'm really good. glad that, that someone's still running the uh, the Blockbuster account. That's great. Hell yeah. Well, I think I think there's kind of a resurgence. The trademark is probably like still alive. So they can probably, like, make merch. Like, you know, I've seen merch and stuff. I bet, like, whoever owns it makes money off of that, maybe. Yeah. But they could do something with a Blockbuster. Like, you could make a movie and then just the store is, like, a Blockbuster. Because you can use all the, like, how it looked and everything. Yeah. That'd be really cool. That'd be super cool. I mean, they might come back. You never know. Uh, I, I wish. I wish there was, like, a way that, uh... Well, and I think that's what, like, Netflix was trying to do. Like, weren't they trying to, like, almost, like, combine, like, Blockbuster meets the movie theater? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eh. Can you imagine if they opened theaters? 
like an actual movie theater where there are like Netflix titles playing. Oh god, no thank you. Like what? Like I don't know what they're trying to do. Pay your fucking people more cuz everyone watches Stranger Things like 800,000 times. So yeah, like pay those people, you know? It's crazy. But, also like okay, do so... they really want people to like Netflix and chill in their theater? I don't think so. No. <laughs> Not to mention you're going to charge me something that you're already charging like a fuck ton of money I could watch at home. Yeah. Like no. It's lame. Um, okay, directed by Joseph Rubin, written, this is actually a story by Ian McEwen, premiered September 24th, 1993. So I was like 10, um, and I remember Elijah and Macaulay Culkin were all like a few years older than me, so they're probably like 12 or 13, mm-hmm. maybe, when they filmed this, um, which is kind of crazy because they both, like... They both, I feel like 90s kids are, 90s child stars were, like, built different. Like, they either, like, came from, like, a traumatic childhood and they'd, like, seen some shit. And they, like, pulled on that when they were acting. Because they were acting like they were, like, 40. And had been through, like, life somehow. (laughs) As, like, this, as, like, a kid. Like, I felt like Macaulay Culkin and especially Elijah Wood. I feel like Macaulay was really good because, obviously, he's the opposite of, like, how he is in Home Alone which is what everybody knew him as, but I feel like Elijah Wood's performance was, like, way more layered. Like, he was being <laughs> gaslit. He was, like, he was, like, really fighting for his life. I felt like throughout this whole movie, he was, like, trying to get people to believe him. He was just, like, what the hell's going on? Like, am I crazy? Like, it was wild. Like, All McCauley has- had, had to do was just sit back. <laughs> he has everybody fooled, except for me. I know. There's this one shot... Like, it's kind of early on in the movie, like, uh, when the dad's like, don't shut me out, and he, like, gets angry, and he runs out of the car, and, like, just, like, runs into the field, (laughs) and he just stops, and he's just staring, and then, like, it just fades into the next scene, and I'm like, damn, that kid's going through it. I know. It's like a voiceover, like, the beginning and the end. Like, in the end, he's just like, well, you know, like, Henry's gone, and I was like, you're, like, eight. going on here like this is so weird that you're like this it's so funny yeah but then i think about like like when i was a child like playing barbies like just the uh the sheer amount of like drama and imagination that went into those uh like just into those scenarios of my barbies mm-hmm. like i'm like he's there's doing a TikTok, the same thing there's a tiktok guy who who has these Barbies and he has like a whole like soap opera improv running and it's like the craziest shit. I gotta find it because I haven't seen it in a few weeks but it's like literally like a telenovela. It's nuts. Like it's like this crazy soap opera and he's got these all these Barbies going through it. But yeah, that's totally like Elijah Wood I think is from like Iowa. He's not from like LA which I find really weird. Not weird but I think it's cool. He looks exactly the fucking same. Like, it's, it's kind of wild. Like, it's kind of insane that he was in Lord of the Rings, and he was he's in Yellow Jackets. I feel like him and Christina Ricci are, like, the most perfect couple to ever exist that never existed. Oh, my God. Um, so, that was a spoiler. <laughs> what? What do you mean? I had no idea he was in Yellow Jackets. Oh, no, I didn't spoil anything, because they're not, like, oh, a couple okay. in it. No, he's just in it, oh. and he acts with... 
Christina Ricci and like the banter they have together. You're just like, why are you guys not together? Like, no, 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 they're not together in it. Oh, he's, they're like private detectives. You'll no, I haven't spoiled it. Oh anything. my god. Okay. Okay. Yeah, good. but he's Ooh. in it. He's in season oh, two of Yellow that, Jackets. That yeah. makes me really want to push to watch it because I love the first season. Oh, and then watch I wanted it. to get into it. Um, and then I just, I just wasn't in the mood. But hey, it's Halloween time. I need to get back into it. Yeah, you do because there's like one episode. I think it's like mid midway through the season that like. I I am changed after a while. It was so intense to watch that. Whoa. I won't say any. You'll know what it is when it gets there. But okay, no, cool. Elijah Wood's great in it. And like the whole time you're just like, how come he hasn't been in everything everywhere? He's so good and quirky and weird, just like Christina Ricci. Like, yes. they're just so cute. Yeah, they're just so cute together. I love Elijah Wood. I think he's definitely one of my like Hollywood crushes. Yeah, same. He's so cute. He always has been. Like, even as a kid, like, he always has been cute. Now, Macaulay, I have to say, is one of, like, my favorite people. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like he's done, like, random interviews, like, I don't know, maybe within the last, like, five or six years. But he has one where he just is, like, so funny. And it's really cool to see his brother, Kieran, who's on, or is on, or was on Succession. Yes. Um, and it's funny that everyone's, like, falling in love with him. And then... I've seen Kieran for a long time because they've all like showed up in his movies. I also didn't know, I didn't want to tell you before we were recording that Quinn Culkin is Connie. So that's his actual sister in the movie too. Yeah. When I was watching this, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, I was like, they're all here. Elijah's probably like, I'm outnumbered. <laughs> like, all these Culkin kids everywhere. So like they, so it's kind of funny that like Kieran was in this movie called Igby Goes Down that we did on the Patreon. I don't know if you've seen it, but no, it's like, it's, oh my God, it's hilarious because Kieran Culkin and Macaulay, all of them are from New York City. They just have that like really dark sense of humor anyway. It's probably just, it's just from being like a New York kid. So in succession, it just feels like it's, he's not acting. Like oh he he talks really fast. He just kind of is like that. If you see Kieran Culkin in interviews and Macaulay, like they are like that. They're really like fast talking. They're kind of like sarcastic. They have this really like dark sense of humor, but it's so funny. Uh, Party Monster, you asked me about. Which, oh yeah. Have you, have you seen it? I I haven't, but I want to. Oh man. Okay, we covered that on the Patreon a long time ago. It's like a really popular episode because oh, nice. it's like a really fucking amazing film, and Chloe Sevigny's in it yes so, that's yeah. why I want to see it and Seth Green is incredible in it like it's um, Macaulay and Seth Green basically um it's yeah it's so oh my god it's so good I feel like the the Culkin brothers would be friends with Fiona Apple oh totally I feel they're like they're in the cool I, Hollywood yeah they're like they're the cool Hollywood and like they were all like because even Fiona Apple like she was like very much like in her youth you know, like doing music. Or, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I just feel like they have very similar personalities. Like she's also very like quick witted uh-huh. and like smart and cool and funny. Another New Yorker. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's just in their blood. Yeah. I think it's like in, yeah, it must be like how they're like what they're around and what they're exposed to probably at like such a young age. Cause there's so many different kinds of people and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's just really funny. So I'm, I'm so glad that that Kieran is like doing well and Rory also I love I was kind of bummed that Rory was in Black Mirror for like literally two minutes I thought he was gonna be in the newer episode but he was literally in like a scene but okay at least we got a little bit I love Rory Culkin do you know him 
What? He's in Scream he Four, been? the one with like Emma Roberts. Have you seen that Scream? The one from like 2011 or 2012? No, I've definitely seen him in something. Yeah, Google him because he's. They all look the same. It's really funny. They all have like the same eyes. He is in Electric Children. He's in that movie where he plays like Lords of Chaos. I was gonna say the one that he's like that Norwegian like rocker. Oh, Signs. He's in Signs. Who is he in Signs? The good son. I'm like he's in a picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like in a picture. It's kind of funny. Yeah, there are like six of them. I think. There's yeah, like a whole else? lot of the Culkins. What else have I seen him in? Scream I'm looking four. at like all. Of, he's been in a lot of stuff. Scream four has to be like one of the biggest things. Oh, he was in Swarm. I start. Have you started Swarm? No. I've it's kind of it. like it's like a weird like fan kind of thing like it's on amazon prime and i saw the first episode it's like this girl's obsessed with this singer who's kind of like a beyonce but it like kind of turns like deadly oh and a little like dark but he's in that i forgot he is in that he's like her classmate or something the oh, main girl yeah i think he's only in one episode though but yeah it looks like he's in like some tv things yeah they all look very similar yeah it's really funny that they all just look so similar so yeah, okay, so you never heard of this movie, so what was your like overall impression? Was this like too dark for you? I was watching, I was like, oh, is this too dark for her? She's gonna oh, be like, what the fuck? I mean, I love dark shit. Um I I really like at first, um, when I first started watching it, I realized I was like, oh, okay, this is not a um like it it like usually when I watch a film, like I think of like the music, like I listen, like oh. that's where I would like find a lot of music from or like uh -huh. movies, especially like in, in this kind of like era too. There's always like, but this is like completely scored. Uh huh. And so when, when the movie first started, it was very much like the like early nineties music scoring. And it almost felt, I was like, Oh God, is this going to be like a cookie cutter? Like, am I going to get bored? Um, <sighs> That was my first impression. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, quickly, like, uh, when he's, like, talking to his mom, I was like, okay, this is getting real. Um, like, right yeah, before she dies. Yeah, it starts pretty heavy. Yeah. Like, it starts you, yeah. But it was real, like, I was there, like, within, like, the first, like, ten minutes, like, I was hooked. Like, I was not bored whatsoever. Um, yeah, I really like movies like this, and it, it definitely, I was texting you, and we were, like, like this definitely reminds me of like a we need to talk about Kevin kind yeah, of film, uh -huh. and, I, and that's like one of my favorites. I mm -hmm. mean, uh, we we're no longer Ezra stands, but um, Ugh, unfortunately, but just this uh, this kind of like psychological thriller kind of mystery. Mm -hmm. I love it. Oh, I love. I love weird shit like this. Also, this film is kind of partly based on the Bad Seed. I don't know if you've ever seen, like, the original one, the one from the 50s, where this girl is, like, this literal, like, killer. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, like, I saw it in school, I think. Like, really young. And it's, like, this really intense movie about this, like, child. Uh, and it's a girl, too, which makes it even more kind of, like, creepy. Oh, and damn. scary. Yeah, but it's good. It's kind of, like, Macaulay, I'm pretty sure, is, was basing some of his character off of that. Because it's yeah. very similar. Yeah. It's good, though. Oh, that movie's actually like scary. <laughs> like this movie is really like psychologically scary. I think basically because 
like life and death shit starts to happen and you see how this one kid has like no regard for like human life but in the bad seed it's like in a way more sinister kind of way (laughs) yeah well you know when i first saw david morse as the dad i was like Mm -hmm. oh my god (laughs) Like, because the the first thing that I thought of, I thought of was Disturbia. Oh, like, shit. Oh, my God. It's the dude from Disturbia. Another another person who I have to say, I'm no longer a Shia stan either, but who has incredible roles. I thought Disturbia was great. I, I think I went I in thinking it was going to be shitty. And I was like, okay, the reason it's not shitty is because Shia LaBeouf is a fucking good actor. And it's because he's a Gemini. Yeah. Don't tell me. They're all Geminis. <laughs> They're all like shapeshifters. Um, so that's why there are like so many Gemini's that are great actors, yeah. I think. But it's just, but he's such a good actor. Someone on TikTok the other day had a clip of like, I think it was like Even Stevens, that show he was on when he was a kid. And he like has the same voice that he has now, but yeah. he's like a kid. <laughs> like, and he was like doing something and he was like, he just sounds like a grown man, like fed up with his son, but he's like the same age as like, the kid. And he's like, I think he was talking about beans or something. And he was like, oh, beans. <laughs> so annoying. Yeah, I watched so much of that show. So much Even Stevens. But yeah, David Marsh was also in Dancer in the Dark. Oh, so, God, another... God, fucking so depressing. Yeah, that that's a real depressing movie. It's so like, York, he's been, though. Yeah, I love... I do love that movie. Um, But yeah, it's like... So when I saw him in it, I was like, oh, damn. Like, that was another uh, promising part of it. Um, Just because he is in some, some fucked up movies. Uh-huh. Um, and then also the mom uh, was in The Santa Claus. <laughs> oh shit so i was just like i was just like picking these out like i was like oh this that's is where i know tim her allen? From. is that the one yeah. with tim allen yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so funny oh god it just seems like everyone in also my other like overarching first impression was this fucking treehouse is like 50 feet off the ground and who built it and how are they seriously letting this kid live? Like, I just wrote, like, why are they letting Henry live his bef- best life, like, unsupervised? <laughs> like, he's got a shed. He's got a fucking treehouse that's, like, 30 feet up that nobody can listen. No adult can get into. There are scenes where these two children are on the side of the road. Like, they are on the train tracks. Like, I was a kid around, like, around, you know, this time. That would That would not fly. Like, no, it was a different time being able to, like, actually go outside and play with friends, but not this degree. Like, no. I think this is neglect. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think it's neglect. And I have no <laughs> idea what happened to the dad. It's like the mom, you lost a child and you were saying, like, you think that she'd be like a helicopter parent. Because yeah. why are you letting him just out here? But maybe he's been, like, cooped up in, I don't know. He hasn't been cooped up inside. He doesn't even deal with his sister. It's like Michael Myers shit. I was like, I was like, he's gonna fucking kill his sister, like Halloween. It was like Michael Myers. Well, my like first thing, like just watching this mom, she's all just so like, the the first thing that was really weird was when we're introduced to her, and Mm -hmm. like just the way that um like she behaves, I was like, ew, I don't like this. And, uh, and like, she seems so, like, sweet and nurturing, but, like, throughout the whole film, you just see that she's just, like, like, I don't want to say victimizing herself, but, like, it's just, like, this victimhood and, like, dissociation where she's, like, I, I'm such a, 
like, you know, she feels all this guilt and, you know, horrible things about, like, her son dying, and she's, like, taking that on, but, like, she clearly hasn't, like, learned anything from it. No. Like, she's not hypervigilant, like, she's totally just, like, like, on autopilot, and, like, her fucking kid is out murdering dogs. And, she's, like, like numbed she, out. Yeah, completely numbed out, and, like, the dad, yeah, doesn't give a shit, and so that's, like, a whole thing of, um... Yeah, this this mom needs serious therapy. What's the therapist's name in this? Doctor. Um, yeah, I was gonna something. say I forgot the doctor's name. I was like, that therapist was no good either. <laughs> she was able to get schooled by like this fucking kid. <laughs> she was able to get manipulated like so bad. I love that he kept being like Susan, <laughs> like Mark. I was like, why do you have like this divorced single dad energy? <laughs> like, why is Elijah Wood like running around like trying to? To save these people's lives like he is running like connie is his child and he has got to save her like he's like <laughs> running through town like he's like moment i've got to save connie i was like who are these kids like what's <laughs> happening here it's so wild oh Aww. it was so good i mean i feel like they kind of deserve some type of nomination for how like adult that also some kind of admonishment too to like these parents because same with, like, Kirsten Dunst, God love her, but, like, you're, like, really pushing your kids to, like, the psychological limit, having them in these these kind of movies before they're, like, 16. Right? I was thinking about, like, uh, especially in one scene, which I do kind of have a behind-the-scenes part for. Ooh. Oh, yeah, well, let's it, move um... on to behind-the-scenes, because uh, okay. we're at that point. Yeah, so, yeah, go on. Cool. So my first was um, just like talking about these scenes where we're like, man, the psychological damage. Like, yeah. what, what, you know, what, how is this affecting these kids? Well, when Macaulay Culkin pulls out that cigarette, I like, I like almost got a little upset. I was like, how dare these parents <laughs> allow them to smoke a cigarette at like the age of eight? Um, yeah, right. Cha-ching, as, as we found <laughs> out from actual Culkin family. But that... then I've. I found out that the cigarette was, uh, it was just dried parsley. Like, it was, like, an empty tube oh. of dried parsley and lettuce. So, like, it felt, I felt better about it. But I was like, damn, like, that's pretty young. <laughs> that's how I feel about these kids who are on, like, Law & Order. Like, SVU. Like, granted, you have them on, like, an episode of TV. But, like, there are these, like, really heinous things that supposedly have happened to their character. And they're supposed to be talking about how they've been, like, abused or whatever on the episode. And I'm like they're really young like <gasps> these kids like i mean granted they know it's pretend but that's just a lot to have them like say the lines and like have them act like really scared and kidnapped and all this i'm like oh my god you <laughs> know uh kids. jeanette mccurdy yeah yeah i've heard about i don't know who she is but i've heard about that book that she wrote yeah so in her book i'm glad my mother's dead she yeah. actually talks about how when she was doing auditions for like those like crime scene shows i forget which one she did but it was probably like yeah law and order like yeah one of those one of those and um she was talking about how she would go in there and she was like like she was like amped up she's like the more you know disturbed i could act or like the more i'd cry or the more like she liked it she like wanted to be um like and and she was she then talked about like how like messed up that was because she was like i was really young but like being put in those situations to like want to like you know act that way um it you know it wasn't healthy for her no and you probably become detached from it 
too. Because you don't think it's like, you don't see it as reality. Like, if, if it happens to you in your real life, it's like, how do you separate when you're so young? Yeah. It's just like, oh, and now you find out all these stories about what happened. I think Elijah Wood is like one of those child stars that like always had his parents like on set. I don't think he's ever, I don't, I don't believe, I'm not sure, like maybe people can correct me, but I've never heard of anything happening like negatively as far as like at the hands of someone else, because I believe he had someone, one of his parents like around with him. And Macaulay, I mean, we can go into, like, a whole thing. He's one of the first people I remember as a child hearing that he divorced his parents. Like, he emancipated because his money ended up getting taken. And the, the dad was, like, very, like, that's why they're all in everything. Like, how much was that family getting from, like, the boy being in the picture, the sister, mm-hmm. the main star, he's first billed. Macaulay Culkin is, like, the lead of this film. Um, and he'd already been in Home Alone, and then his dad threatened to take him off of Home Alone 2 if he couldn't do this movie. Like, he wanted Macaulay to do this movie. He was like, I want him. Isn't that crazy? Like, he needs to play... I get that you want him to be a different role. Like, you don't want him to just be cast as, like, this good guy All-American, but, like, this is a lot to, like, demand that your kid be in this role. And, like, you know, threaten, like, another studio being like, I'll pull him off of Home Alone 2. And Fox had to say, okay, pull him off Home Alone too, because, like, he's bankable. We need him for the sequel. And he was making so much money at that time, like, so then that's why he, you know, ended up doing this movie. So it's kind of nuts. The dad seems a little unhinged, because he also, like, I guess the first director who was supposed to direct this movie, they fired him and got a new, they, they replaced him with someone else because the original director um, the Macaulay Culkin's father had beef with him. Yeah. Like, like what is this? Yeah. I want to know, know right? more. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, I think, I think they, well, I'll see if I can dig up any specific beef, but I know that, I mean, the history of the dad is like well-documented, um, like how he was like involved in the children's lives and everything. I don't know about the other siblings, like, cause I think Macaulay is the oldest. I'm pretty sure. So I don't know if the other ones divorced from him and they all went separate or if it was just him but I remember that he was like, you know, that it was some kind of nefarious thing going on. He made so much fucking money from yeah, Home seriously. Alone. Like, I don't think they, no one thought it was going to be as big as it was. I mean, that was like, I mean, that was all anyone talked about. It was even like commercials. Like he was in like all these weird commercials after it because of his character. Like <laughs> Coca-Cola and like fucking like whatever, like anything. Because he was just that kid, you know? Do you remember that awesome, like, short film that Macaulay Culkin did when he's, like, playing a taxi driver, but he's the Home Alone character oh, all Oh, that's up? right, yeah. It was so sick. I loved that. <laughs> Wasn't it, like, a Super Bowl ad? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was, like, something like, like that, yeah. He's just, like, talking about how, like, fucked up his life is. <laughs> he is, like, one of my favorite people. Like, I feel like he's one of, like, the people I love to watch interviews of him talking about, like, how he grew up because he was like he was close to Michael Jackson so he has all these stories so was Kieran I think too didn't so, he also have oh I'm sorry oh no that's it oh didn't he have a band that it was like the Velvet Underground but about pizza uh-huh god that's amazing pizza underground baby pizza underground that's amazing <laughs> yeah he has a lot of weird things he also was in American Horror Story season 10 i was so hyped that he was going to be in it but he was only in like two episodes but like he need he is that vibe i was so mad that he wasn't in more 
Like, oh, amazing. It's so good. Richie Rich. I mean, that's like another classic Macaulay uh, movie after Home Alone is like Richie Rich. Wait, Richie Rich. Do Which you remember that? 94? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> he was a little bit older. Dude, yeah. I forgot about this movie. I loved this movie. Yeah, like he was like, I feel like Maca- now that I'm, I saw him and I was watching him like move around in this movie, I was like, this is like my childhood. Macaulay was like that kid that everyone, I mean, everyone just knew. Yeah. I mean, oh, here's uh, something from Wikipedia. So Culkin has said that his father was cruel and violent in his childhood. He said that he felt his father was jealous because everything he tried to do in his life, I excelled at before I was 10 years old. Yeah, I think his dad was like a stage actor, so he wanted to be famous. Um, It says uh, the parents never married. They split when Culkin was in his teens and his mother filed for custody. Culkin took his parents to court to block them from controlling his trust fund, which was reportedly worth between 15 and 20 million. And he's been estranged from his father ever since. Damn. Yeah. Um, it said the media reported that Culkin had divorced or emancipated himself from his parents. Oh, he said in 2018, Culkin denied this, saying he had instead removed his parents' name from his trust fund and found an executor. Okay, so he didn't, like, divorce himself, but basically, like, that's so sad that, like, once you take away the right to spend the money that, like, I have earned, which he may, he may you know, uh, distribute to his family, he may not, but the fact that you... Because you now don't have control, that now estranges us, which means like the money was all you cared about. You don't care yeah. about having a relationship with me as a person. Like you just care about if you can't control my money, then then what's the point? Like that sucks. That's so sad. Yeah. Like, oh, that's sad. But well, yeah. it, he seems pretty, pretty level headed. Um, I hate to uh, bring up uh, Joe Rogan. But there was mm -hmm. there was like an interesting like like he was on um, he was on Joe Rogan, like talking about like why he doesn't, you know, pursue acting anymore. And he seems like he has a really like level headed way about it. He's like, yeah, I don't I don't pursue it like I don't want to be in the circuit. But if my friend has, you know, something interesting that I want to do, I'll do it. But like it seems like he's very much like I want to. You know, I want to paint, I want to write, and, you know, it. like, he sees it as, like, a creative thing, which I think is healthy. Yeah, I mean, he's lucky, I guess, that he has other things that he can probably do to live on, that yeah. it's not something that he has, I'm assuming, I don't know, but, I mean, I would, it's cool that he can kind of do what he wants, he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. But, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, what other behind-the-scenes stuff do you have? Um, so the other behind the scenes I have, um, so there's a couple. So the director had Henry wear two different colored shoes, one black Nike and one white. And it stated, um, just like the representation of good and evil, mm. which I thought was kind of interesting. That was pretty cool. I didn't, I read that, but I didn't notice it in the movie. I and knew then, he had black ones. I noticed the black ones, but I didn't notice well, the white ones. I, I want to see if he's wearing them at the same... Like, is he wearing them at the same time? Or, like, is it just, like, one Pairs. time black? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I... The way I read it, it was that each shoe was different. But I was like, that's weird. Wouldn't I have seen that? Yeah. I feel like I would have seen that. So, the one that was, like... Oh, he does! In this picture, when their legs are folded, he has one oh, white and one black shoe. 
That's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty like cool. cool detail. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, even when he's like uh, dragging that mannequin, he has, you can see both of his shoes. Wow. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Man, good thing that you brought up the mannequin because that's where my next uh, oh, thing leads. Uh-oh. Okay. Um, so this film was not allowed to be released in the UK due to um, the James Bugler case. What's that? Um, so, uh, around this time, there was, um, a murder <gasps> of this little boy, James Bugler. What? And, um, like, these, like, two, like, ten-year-old boys just, like, viciously murdered a kid. Um, like, a, kid, chi- yeah, a child younger than them. And it was, like, this movie came out, like, right after that. Oh. And and so they were like, no, like you cannot release this in theaters, and um, so like they did eventually release it on video, but like you, it, it said at eighteen year certificate, so I'm assuming like you had to be like eighteen oh, or older okay. to buy it. Um, wow. And then um, apparently in Detroit, um, some child was inspired by the movie and threw a mannequin off an overpass and <gasps> murdered a pregnant woman what and, oh like in they, the car accident yeah in the car accident and apparently it was yeah inspired by the movie um so it's like oh two, shit. yeah two crazy things but that's like that to me was like what one of the most disturbing parts of this movie <laughs> that is really scary oh my god yeah Ugh. that's crazy so... yeah also there's a there's a Law and Order episode that's the same thing, which they usually take a lot of theirs, like, f- inspiration from cases. There is a story that's like that, and I, f- I always thought that, like, this probably actually happened, and, like, the guy who plays the the boy who, who was killed, his father, is the guy from Twin Peaks, who was in Sex and City. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, so, I rem- and he's, like, a psychiatrist, and then they, at the end, they find the, the kid, there's, like, one kid, I think there were two kids, um, or like two kids may have killed one another and it would, they were like 10 that they were young kids and he was a psychiatrist. So he knew, and he like, um, at the end of the episode, like he figured out that the boy was lying on the stand and then like got away with it. And he was screaming in the courtroom, like he's a sociopath. You can't let him out. He'll do it again. He'll do it again. And like the kid was like smirking at him. Like he was, he didn't like give a fuck. He just like conned everybody. So the very end of the episode, like he kills the kid. He shoots him, like, in the courtroom. And the cops are, like, trying to stop him. And they're like, what What the fuck? Why'd you do that? And he was like, he was going to kill again. Like, before he could even leave the courtroom. He was like, you guys don't understand. Like, I'm a psychiatrist. I know kids. He's going to do it again. You just let him out. And I think he had a sister, like, a, a younger yeah. sister or older sister. They were, like, really scared for him to, like, be in the house. It was So it must be, like, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of different things that are children that are capable of things that they pull from. But I was like, oh, this must be a real story. So it, if that is one in 90 something, that probably was. That's it's, so crazy. Yeah, it's a good children episode, are, though. Children are, like, also just, like, psychopaths. Like, their brain is not fully formed. Mm-hmm. Like, watching this movie, I said, I do not ever, ever want children. Like... I don't know what I would do. I was telling you earlier, I used to nanny for this kid. Yeah, that's who used said. Yeah, he used to drown, like, little animals in horse troughs. Like, what? And, yeah, I never experienced it, but, like, it was, like, a very well-known thing. Like, the oh, mom would he just, never like, d- openly discuss it. What? So she knew yeah. about it? So you didn't, he knew- didn't do it in front of you? 
No, he didn't do it in front of me, thank God. But, like, he was scary. Like, this kid definitely, like, would just give me dead eyes. Why? And, like, when I would try and, like, he, like, he was, like, not a good kid. <laughs> like, wow. he would, like, him and his brothers were just, like, kind of troubled and, like, like, just not very, um, not very, like, kind, I oh, guess. like, compassionate? But, like, they had, like, yeah, no emotions. Yes. Yeah. And, like... Yeah, there are just situations where, like, I would have to, like, reprimand, like, you know, just, like, behaviors they're doing, and, like, I would just, like, talk to them, and they just did not, like, it, like, didn't, it didn't go through that they were being bad, and, like, I always thought, like, when I heard about the, um, the bunny, I was like, oh my god, when I'm older, and he's older, he is going to snap, and he's gonna go kill, like, his nanny, (laughs) Which he, is me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's old enough to be able to, like, go into a kitchen and, like, like Macaulay's age in this. Like, he's able to, like, move freely around the house. Like, how the fuck do you trust him? Yeah. Kids are fucking scary. <laughs> yeah, they totally can be. Because it's really, it's a really interesting position, which is probably why there's so many movies about kids and teenagers. Just because you're not an adult, but they have, like no impulse control but they have somewhat adult thoughts sometimes and they've on like a lot of young kids especially like it's creepy being around them because they're so honest like they don't have a filter yet when they're that age until they're like maybe a teenager they're like okay i can't say that but when they're really young they'll just be like that dress is ugly (laughs) like you're like shit (laughs) like they're just like you're like oh okay well it's not nice to say it why not it is and you're like, I know it is, but you can't say that to someone. <laughs> like, but they're honest. They can't help. And they don't mean any harm, but they just they just say what's on their mind when they can talk. So it's, like, so funny. That, but then you have, like, the ones who don't say anything. Some kids are, like, really quiet. And it's like, why is that kid so quiet? Like, yeah. what's, what's going on in their head? <sighs> That's really funny because I was definitely a, um, as a child, I was, like, very quiet and chill and didn't like i didn't need a lot you know yeah me like, too I, I was i was like yeah i was just like very chill and quiet but i definitely know like there were adults who thought like i was weird <laughs> but like I, I think i was just being chill but i think that's different i think that's a little different than the the creepy ones than like another villain like i think yeah. this macaulay didn't play another villain i think until party monster and even in that he's not a quote-unquote typical villain like i mean he is he is the you know the person who like commits this crime but he's he's not like you're just kind of watching his weird life and then this kind of happens it's not like he's a kid and there's like all these signs or anything like that it's like yeah. something that happens when he's like drugged up so it's not the same as like this guy obviously sober and like manipulating the fuck out of everyone <laughs> at like 10 it's like Crazy. so scary do you have any other behind the scenes um i mean this isn't really a behind the scenes but um the name henry means ruler of the home really and i thought that was kind of cool oh that's pretty cool because <laughs> like because henry is such a um such a like he control like he's so manipulative and controlling of his family so i thought that was kind of interesting it's kind of funny that they wanted him to be a villain because they're like, we wanted to get rid of this, like, sweet, like, all-American boy image that he had. And I was like, he still was kind of like a little shit in Home Alone. 
Yeah. He, he wasn't like, he was a little like Dennis the Menace, you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't, he was like, looked really sweet, but he like had a slingshot in his back pocket. You know, he's like yeah. Bart Simpson. Yeah, he's exactly. literally Bart Simpson. Say that. He literally yeah. is Bart Simpson. He, he totally gives off Bart Simpson vibes. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, he's like, you know, he seems kind of cool and he can be sometimes, but then he also can be, be kind of like, you know, pull some scams, you know? <laughs> And the girl's always Elisa. Like, we always assume that Connie has to have been, like, a straight-A student, and everybody loved her, but she was, like, kind of <laughs> dumb. And he just, like, manipulated her and, like, threw her into that ice. Like, he was starting to kill her. Even when she was like, help, Henry, give me your hand. His hand was, like, barely over the thing. Like, yeah, grab it. See if you can grab this. Like, he was not trying to help her at all. Oh, dude. When they, when they showed that ice skating scene and she goes under that water... I was, like, trying to find a way to, like, speed up the movie. Oh, no. I was like, I can't watch this part. I can't watch this. And But I, I, I sat through it. But I was like, oh, my God. He's just watching her, like, drown as these, like, adults, like, come up. And he's just kind of like, huh. You know? <laughs> Meanwhile, like, Elijah Wood's, like, screaming from the other <laughs> side. Like, Connie! Connie! I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, kind of nuts. Like, Elijah's just out here. He's, like, really out here giving, giving his all to this. It's kind of funny. Um, uh, is that all you have? Yeah, that's all I have. Okay. All right. So, IMDb gives us a 6.4 out of 10, which I thought was really low for IMDb. Oh, wow. Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 25%. Like, really? This movie's that's, good. That's really, yeah, I thought it was a really good movie. Yeah. Audience score, 54. That's better, but 54? Really? Like, okay. Uh, budget was 17 to 28 million. How much of that was fucking Macaulay's quote is what I want to yeah. know. Probably a lot. Because it's pretty low budge. Like, where are they? They're in Massachusetts, I think, is where they filmed it. So it's not like they're, you know, all you did is do is, like, rent the house and then, like, film in the woods. It's not like they're doing a whole lot of whole lot of stuff but yeah. um box office 60.6 million but i think it made like 40 something in the u.s um but it is kind of like a movie that i don't know i think it was probably like ahead of its time or like people didn't really want to like it was rated r too and to have these like two young kids who aren't even teenagers in a rated r film it maybe it was like too much i don't know so wow. Yeah, like, even the people who like this, I couldn't have even seen it in the theater at the time. It was, like, rated R. So, like, the it's kind of weird that it's, like, appealing to an adult. It would have to. So it's kind of like, would they want to watch this? I know this is, like, a... Maybe this is just a niche, like, opinion of this movie, but I would love to see an edit on YouTube or something. Maybe... If, like maybe I'll even do it but I feel that the music composition in this movie doesn't do the movie justice oh Elmer Bernstein that's a tall order he's one of the classics <laughs> like like don't get me wrong like the music I, I think his composition is beautiful um and he does do a good job but I think I would be interested in seeing this movie given a proper soundtrack and, and different kinds of music because this is very it gives almost old hollywood kind of vibes at times it's the uh, classical we, score yeah the classical score and i feel like um 
almost like a, a, an overall perception would be changed if you had, you know, just different songs playing in different moments. That's um, true. Yeah. I wonder if that was like, when did films start to have songs? I mean, a long time ago, because there's some songs in the 60s, uh, movies in the 60s that have like songs, you know, in them that are actual yeah. songs. But, but I wonder like, if this was like a score that he like phoned in because Elmer Bernstein, when I saw that, I was like, I wonder if he just had like a deal with the studio. Like he had to do like 20 movies score, like 20 movies. And he wasn't like doing it because Elmer Bernstein has some of like the most classical and recognizable themes in films of all time in Hollywood. Yeah. So it's not very like, like him and this film, maybe I wonder like what the direction was like if he was able to do it himself or if he was just kind of like, Oh, whatever. Cause he, all the stuff that he does is like, he's like a John Williams. Like yeah. he has like the magnificent seven, which is a famous score from the 1960s. Like all these Westerns that had these like really big scores. Like he always did those in like the sixties. So I yeah. wonder, I wonder what happened in this one. Oh, wow, he did the Black Cauldron, too? Yeah, like, he's, like, one of the greats. Like, he is an incredible conductor. That's why I was I was surprised in, in, I guess, in my music notes I had nothing because it was score and it wasn't even, like, a relatable score. If I like a score, I'll still be like, it's a scored film, but I like the score. This yeah. score was forgettable. I don't even remember, like, what it was. Yeah, that, that's why I really feel like it, uh... I, I would love to personally just try to do even if it's just five minutes of this movie of an edit doing different kind of music i feel like not only would it modernize the movie um but it would yeah the i think the music was just kind of the um it's really the only i don't want to call it a complaint but it's it's just not a standout yeah yeah i definitely agree with that it's definitely Mm -hmm. not a standout so interesting i wonder if it was like a studio thing i was trying to find out information about it but there's nothing about like his process on it it just has his name he might not have even done it i mean who knows how did um so so if if he passed away in 2004 Mm -hmm. i don't know how old he was when he passed away um Uh, i think he was in his 80s because, yeah, if, if he was in his 70s when this was happening, like, was he retired? Was this something that, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just curious as to how they came to the conclusion of. But but you did make a good point. Like, when did they really start doing, like, soundtracks that was more of, like, a 2000s thing? Like, yeah. early 2000s. Yeah, where they actually started to sell it. Like, where it actually yeah. would go towards the. I Also, I think it was had to do with the marketing of the film before it would come out, but I think it also had to do with the massive shift of like teenager culture in the nineties and them having like access to money. And then mm-hmm. there being like cassette tapes, even in the eighties cassette tapes and then later CDs. It's like, Oh, this is something that we can easily market to like teenagers who are listening to music more and like listening to the radio. And then that will get them hyped to go see the movie, which is what would happen to me. Like, they played that garbage song, Number One Crush, like six months before Romeo and Juliet came out that we already were like, holy shit, we got to see this movie. Like, yeah. because of the soundtrack and that song was everywhere and some other songs on there too, which and I don't even think that that song was featured in the film. Like it was in it, but it was one of the like kind of 
behind like background songs. It wasn't like mm-hmm. Cardigan's Love Fool or like any of the ones that you really heard in that yeah. movie. Um, I'm still so excited that you liked <laughs> the 1996 Romeo and Juliet. Oh, dude, it's, <laughs> I'm so obsessed with it. I'm still so obsessed with it. I'm so glad it was like uh, that that I like compared it to Twilight because I was like, this was totally my Twilight. <laughs> like, I was at it, that age. It definitely, yeah, it, it definitely, I, I'm so glad that it, this was not a case of missing the boat on it. Um, because that's what I was worried. I was like, oh, well, you know, it come, came out so long ago. But no, when I watched that, I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> Speaking of missing the boat on Patreon, it won't be out yet. And when you, when people hear this, but, um, I missed the boat on Rosemary's Baby. I finally watched it for the first time. So you can hear my my less than enthusiastic take on that um, if you join the Patreon. I mean, I watched it. I yeah, I got it, but me and Jai talked about it because she like really likes it. So I'm, I'm glad I saw it, but you'll hear my interesting take on it watching it for the first time now. Oh, I can't wait to hear that because that's one that I haven't seen because I'm like, okay. Same. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, I'm not watching this. Why our friend who's pregnant wanted to watch this? and decided to pitch it i was watching the whole time i was like this is nuts why the hell is she watching why does she want to watch this she's like i love it granted i have to say the fashion is incredible and nobody told me it was like a clueless style movie where she changes clothes almost every two or three minutes and they're incredible 60s fashion so oh wow that was a highlight that i wasn't expecting i was like oh my god her clothes are amazing like they're so fucking cool like they're like the ultimate 60s new york cool style oh so yeah and oh also her haircut so you as a stylist would be interested to see because she mentions Vidal Sassoon. It was Vidal Sassoon. <laughs> oh of course it was and they thought she cut her hair into that famous uh really short pixie cut where she has a really cool bob but then she gets like the iconic pixie cut which is yeah, like really that cool is, like a great pixie cut that she has mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty cool um yeah. so yeah well, that, if you it's worth watching for the fashion and beauty alone <laughs> basically <laughs> um but let's see okay what else do i have okay this was filmed in location basically in minnesota and parts of rockport um massachusetts um macaulay culkin and elijah wood met on this film like for the first time and i was watching an interview with elijah wood from like three or four years ago and they asked him about the good son and he was like oh my god he was like it's so funny he's like because i um has he has a brother who's seven years older so he said a lot of times he would see movies when he was really young because his brother would rent them and then be like, mm-hmm. hey, come here, like, don't tell mom. And him and his friends would, like, watch movies that he, like, shouldn't be watching. So he's like, I watched all these, like, scary movies, so I was excited to, like, be a part of, like, a movie like this. And he's like, and Macaulay was, like, a celebrity. He's like, I hadn't really done that much, so when I met him, it was like, oh, my God, that's Macaulay Culkin. Like, this is crazy. So he's like, you know, we became friends. He's like, we would hang out between set like shots and we were like playing in the forest. I was like, they're so cute. (laughs) That's so wholesome. I love that. I know. And they're still friends. Was that the same interview where he was talking about? Yeah, because he was talking about how it was so cool to like be doing like a um, like a more grown up film. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he was saying because now he has children. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I can't wait for our kid to see, you know, I think he was talking about Halloween. Mm-hmm. He's like, when when they're six years old, they can watch Halloween. And 
Like, his wife is like, um, excuse me? Six years old is way too young. He's like, that's what I watched it! I know. <laughs> you know, watch like, no. like, Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> I think also, like, Jai watched Rosemary's Baby when she was, like, nine or ten. I was like, so, oh clearly, you're probably, like, traumatized by watching a movie <laughs> like that. It's really fucking weird. Um, but yeah, so it's like when you're really young and you watch something that's, like, kind of crazy. It's impressionable. Mm-hmm. Which is really I funny. watching, um... Chicago when I was like seven and it's just about you know a bunch of women like murdering their husbands <laughs> <laughs> and oh of course God. it like went all like a different kind of movie but uh I you know I feel like with media and like I'm not a parent so you know what do I know but from my own experience I am so glad for watching um more grown-up movies when I was younger because I think it does like normalize mm-hmm. and and it's not as big of a deal yeah like it's true like my parents did not shelter me with like things that i watched like granted maybe they should have like you know south park shouldn't be seen by a child but like what did i know what was going on you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me to me it was just a cartoon but like um i i do think like letting kids see things like isn't always bad thing especially if it's like in a safe environment like home yeah like if you see a scary movie like i think i think my first scary movie i was like nine or ten and it was so scary but like because i saw it so young like now like yeah horror films are like one of my favorite genres (sighs) horror Um, films freak me out i mean i'll watch (laughs) them but like i get really freaked out even like as an adult, my mom doesn't like horror movies. So I never watched horror movies. Probably the first time I saw a horror movie, like actual horror, was probably like, I was probably like 11 or 12. I, f- I think I might have seen like Friday the 13th when I was really young, like the first one. And I was just like, Ugh, this is creepy because I went to summer camp and stuff like that. So I was like, this is fucking like, oh, I was like, I don't like this. But then even when I got older, like, I was scared by Scream. I wasn't because I was too young to find it satirical. Like yeah. now I know it's a satire, but when I was like 13, I was like, oh my God, like this is fucking scary. You know, it's like scary. And then The <laughs> Ring really traumatized me when oh, I yeah. was like 20, I think is when that came out. And my friends were all like trying to get me to watch it. I was like, no, I don't want to watch it. That trailer looks fucking terrifying. I don't want to watch it. So then finally, I think The Blair Witch really did something to me. And then so did The Ring. Like those weird lo-fi, like realistic type movies, like really fucked with me. Yeah, and the ring is still one that I have not seen since like two thousand like four. Like I watched it when it came out in like whenever oh one oh two whatever, and then I watched it one other time. Oh, I mean, I would, I would review it, but like it, it does something to me. It's fucking scary as fuck. I think. Ooh, well, Lauren, if I don't want you to have to go through that oh, again, you want to do it? it. But if you do, you know where to find me. Oh, shit. Oh, so you want to do the ring? Or we should do the Japanese one, the Ringu. I've seen that one, too. Oh, my God. I was going to say we should do that. Like, The Grudge was another one that really scared me. But it's got Buffy and Jason Bear. You have to get on the Buffy train. I feel like I would, as soon as I watch it, I'm going to love it. Yeah, I think you need to, like, if we have a snowstorm or something comparable, like, it's a winter. I feel like it's a good winter watch because there's a lot. So if you're not going to go out all the time, it's not a good summer watch because you're like out. If it's like a, it's a good winter watch because you've got a lot, but I highly, highly suggest Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I feel like you're going to, 
it's gonna do something like a whole new world next time i like have a cold or yeah or if we have a winter storm Mm -hmm. that's what i'm gonna watch it's so layered and still holds up i have to say good um okay so like i have more behind the scenes okay so this was kind of like a pain in the ass movie to happen because this had been in development since like the late 80s and there were it was already cast and set i think in like or maybe even like the mid 80s and then the financing fell through and then there was all this kind of like crazy shit that happened and then jesse bradford was supposed to be henry jesse bradford of swim fan also balthazar and romeo and juliet and bring it on he was supposed to be henry but then he aged out by the time the thing like started to happen and come oh, through. Wow. Yeah, I so love him. yeah, same. So there was like all this hubbub and then it like couldn't, you know, go through with it and whatever. So just before, so this I'm reading from creepycatalog.com. It says, just as they were about to begin production, Macaulay Culkin's father, Kit Culkin, insisted he get the role instead of Jesse Bradford. I think they were like gonna circle back to Jesse and then Kit Culkin came in and said he made it nearly impossible for Fox to refuse since he said Macaulay would only do Home Alone 2 if he could be in The Good Son. So he like pretty much demanded them. And then it says much of the original cast and crew were replaced by the time filming actually began all thanks to Kit Culkin's demands with production filming a year later than planned to fit Culkin's Home Alone 2 schedule. This left most of the acting roles refilled and a change in in the director for Michael Lehman, who was the original director who also directed like Heather's 40 days and 40 nights and airheads. Um, so he was like a pretty like good, awesome director to like Joseph Rubin. So oh, wow. there was like a whole thing. There was like Mary Steenburgen was supposed to be Susan, but because the, everything was pushed a year, which is crazy, that it just completely got met, like mixed around. I wonder if the the actors like felt a kind of way because like I'm sure the father was like a big presence on that set, and like it was basically like they were trying to build Macaulay up to be this actor. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of, I mean, that makes sense where they would be like, no, my kid can't just do like this kind of role. My kid, yeah. Kind of like the, um, like Kirsten Dunst kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That's nuts. And then, um, the last scene where Henry and Mark are hanging from a cliff was filmed on location rather than a set. So they had to, Macaulay did his own stunts as he fell from that cliff. And they had him attached like a 30 foot safety cable. This fucking kid. Like, it's wild that, I don't know that they would even let them do that. They were so young. Like, what if something happened? Yeah, that is wild. Yeah, that's like so crazy. Um, And also, Macaulay agreed to do the stunt on one condition, that he got a BB gun. So he got a he got he got a BB gun. So he like kind of was a little Dennis the Menace. I feel like I love that. <laughs> he was like, "I'll that's do it." That's such a boy. That's such a like young boy thing to want. I know. Be like, like I'll do this gun. if I get a BB gun. Yeah, right. So I also really love that Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin have stayed friends. Yeah, I think that's, that's so like sweet. so cute. Yeah. Oh, apparently, um, Elijah Wood got one million and Macaulay got five. For this, for this movie, so yeah. One way it's not bad for Elijah Wood, though. I mean, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good for 1993, like a kid, so. Um, but, I mean, he was he was acting in there. <laughs> he was, like, he was... He was acting his little heart he out. He totally was. Um, let's see. So, we already talked about the siblings. I think that's basically it. 
Yeah, I think that's it. I I didn't have really any fashion things except Quinn had a very adorable like striped uh, black and gray sweater, and I said I'd wear that. Uh, I wrote um, so Cynthia Flint is the fashion uh, person here. Uh, I wrote winter New England '90s fashion. Henry has double denim. Mark has like this <laughs> navy jacket with like his jeans, which I think is kind of cool. I love when they both have hats on. So they have the yeah. cool knit hats on. I wrote Connie. I love it. She has such a Tanya Harding style like windbreaker <laughs> outfit that's like aqua and purple. It's like so nineties. Like and it's Tanya like a windbreaker Harding. set. Yeah, it was very Tanya Harding. Like and this was the time ninety three. Yes. Like this was like a total Tanya Harding vibe. And then I just wrote like the parents fashion is just like them absent and boring. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Okay, well, we already talked about... Oh, that's amazing. It's true, though. We talked about the music because it's not really, like, a music film, so you already gave your musician's corner note (laughs) for (laughs) Composer's Corner. It was his musician corner. I know. We should make that a little sound effect. (laughs) Um, Okay, so favorite scenes and lines. Did you have any standout scenes? I don't know what Um, quotes. I don't have any quotes. I have a couple quotes, but... Um, oh, I have one, I think. So, we we discussed the scenes. I think the scenes that stood out to me the most were, like, the most disturbing mm-hmm. ones. Um, between them killing the dog and the mannequin over the bypass um, and, and the, um, you know, Quinn falling through the ice, like... Each tra- like each tragic thing that was happening, those were to me like the most uh, memorable scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for quotes, um, it was like the first kind of marking of like, oh wow, like this kid's fucked up. Um, he was like, "If I let you go, do you think you could fly?" I know. And I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> this child." <laughs> therapy (laughs) oh yeah what about you oh god i mean probably my the only quote that i wrote down was that i love where he goes hey mark don't fuck with me yeah (laughs) that's That's like my favorite quote but i just love like i i mean my first favorite stand-up quote is when they get to the well and they're like, I think he's like taking Mark like all over town. Henry's like showing him town. He's like, cool, you know, we'll be friends. We'll be brothers. So then they go to like find this well and they like looks down. And I was like, oh God, he's going to end up pushing him down this fucking well. Like, geez. And then he like pulls out his, he pulls out his little like box. It's like this like metal box and he pulls it out and he has like his cigarette. And I was like, of course, this would, <laughs> this would be Macaulay Culkin. Like, and he's like, here, don't you want it? And he's like, no, those things give you cancer. And he's like, you're going to die anyways. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> like, he's already like, fuck it. I'm like, you're going to die. You're like eight. <laughs> like, yeah. calm down. <laughs> and then he just, he like takes a drag and he's like, here. And he like gives it to Mark. And then Mark just like barely inhales it. He's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh no. He's so Millhouse. Like, it's yeah. so part of Millhouse. Like, just like kind of hanging out. And then I think he like throws the the thing like down the down the the well and everything and I was just like oh god and that's when we see like he has this shed that's huge and I was like how does he have like electricity in there he's building a crossbow like 
they just don't know any of this. Like, I mean, where, what does the dad do? And I want to know what Mark's dad does that he has to go to Tokyo, that it'll set the job. It's like two weeks and it'll set him and Mark up for like life. I was like, what does he do? And where do they live? Like, this is Maine, but like, where does he come from? Like, where's his, oh, out West. Cause it was like the desert. I think when they're driving. Yeah. And I guess he goes back out West in the end. So he does go back home, but but yeah, it's just like kind of crazy also how like Henry methodically like throughout like uses his mom's death against him yeah. and like uses that because he knows he's seeing a therapist because Mark's dad is like he needs to talk to someone and he has to process this. And like Henry just knows all of this and is like using everything against him and just kind of like using it to manipulate the situation, which is wild. When Henry beat Mark to the therapist's office <sighs> and he was like, you're on his side. And she's like, I'm on your side as well. <laughs> and it's like, I was like, no, no, no. That's not how this works. <laughs> as Mark is like frantically, you don't understand. This boy is fucked. Like, did you see Cocaine Bear? Did you ever see Cocaine No. Oh, man. <laughs> it's really funny when these, like, kids, like, run into this cocaine bear who's, like, hopped up on coke, like, running around and being crazy. And, like, one of the kids who's, like, a, he's probably, like, nine or ten, he's like, that bear is fucked. <laughs> it's, like, it's really funny. It's basically what Mark is doing the whole time. He's just like, how am I seeing this? But then he does all of these, like, now we have a term for, yeah, he's definitely gaslighting Mark, for sure. Yeah. And he's, yeah. like, makes him doubt that he's poisoning the food. That's one of my favorites. And then he makes him doubt that he's poisoning the food, that he's, like, poisoned all of their food. And he's like, oh, my God. So then you see, like, Mark, like, running through the kitchen, freaking out. And then Henry runs upstairs. He's like, come quick, come quick. Mark is freaking out. And then you see him just, like, throwing all the food away, like, trying to throw all the food away. He's like, he's going to kill us. He's poisoned us. And you just see Henry in the back, like, you dumb motherfucker. Like, God, I'm so, I'm so five steps ahead of you. Like, I have been planning all of this, and I'm so far ahead of you. And then finally, Mark is just like, fuck, I got to get this guy. Like, there's yeah. no way. Like, that, I think, is what turns the corner. He's like, oh, my God. Okay, this is serious. And now he sees the sister, and then he, like, makes him paranoid that something's going to happen to the sister. And he, like, goes into the sister's room to make sure he's, like, she's asleep. And then he, like, mm-hmm. he's just, like, he knows everything to do. He knows exactly when to fight. Remember, he's fighting, and Mark has, like, the scissors right by his neck. And Henry's, like, do it. Yeah. Plunge it in. Do it. I was, like, oh, he's so... Such a sociopath. Such like, a sociopath. Oh, I'm so scary. And of course the dad comes in and is like, Mark, oh my God, locks him in a fucking room. Mark like breaks the fucking like window. Like he is like saving this family. Like you cannot do anything to Mark. Like he is like breaking the window, saving the mom. He's like, that's when you see like when at the very end, when Henry is like, mom, let's go for a walk. Like we used to. I was like, oh, oh no. And then there's the whole <laughs> fight happens. And then he fucking like pushes his mom off this cliff. And then she somehow, really unrealistically, like climbs back up. Mark comes in out of nowhere, <laughs> just dives in and like saves. And then she ends up having to make this like eternal choice of like whether or not to let her child. She could have like pulled them both up. And granted, he was like, no, you want to send me away. You know that I'm bad. And granted, it's a really dark ending that she just lets go and lets her son die. 
Um, but I guess in order to save herself, he'd already tried to kill her, to be fair. Yeah. And he actually, not only did he see her halfway down the thing, he took a rock. He grabbed like a big boulder to like hit her in the face so she would fall. Like he wasn't just, oh, sorry, mom. Like he was making sure she was like out of the way. Yeah. I was like, wow. That's nuts. Yeah, he he had a mission. Mm -hmm. He definitely did. And thank God he didn't actually end up completing that mission because then he dies in this really crazy way and especially when the mom is like walking and talking with him and she's like you killed richard just tell me just tell me you did it he's like what if i did i was like oh oh, oh. so she kind of is already like what the fuck am i gonna do with this kid like he's like you want to yeah. send me away you want to lock me up and she's like no i was like uh girl just run the other way like He's not going to kill himself, so just run the other way, like, and tell the police, like, where he is. Well, and what's really interesting, too, is just, like, that whole, um, well, she's my mom, but, you know, she's just, you know, in another form. Oh, yeah. And so it is kind of interesting that she chooses him mm -hmm. in that situation. And he's, like, looking it for his mom in different places because she says, I'll always be with you, and that's, like, the one thing that he takes to heart so he's trying to find the closest to his mom that's still here that he can pull from. Yeah, he which is, like, so sad. Oh, it's so sad. And he hasn't even processed his mom being gone. Like, it's he's already thrust into this. And then Henry says some stuff about his mom. Like, so cavalier. Like, oh, did you get to see her? And all this stuff. And he's like, um, what? And he's like, I'm just asking, like, scientifically. Yeah. Like, and I was like, what? Like, why would you ask? And he's like, sorry. He like, in the beginning, he kind of makes him trust him. Because he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ask you all that stuff about your mom. Like, and then, but then later on, of course, he like uses it against him. But in the yeah. beginning, he's like, really like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I guess you can tell that he's not really like talk to anyone. You can tell that he's very like reaching out for something. And, but he just wants someone to manipulate. And yeah, oh, it's always the little sister. Who pays the price? Mm, poor little sister. Poor Connie. Poor Connie. Poor Connie. Good for Elijah Wood, like literally saving the day. He was like playing an action hero. <laughs> like, Seriously. Try and do that, Tom Cruise. I know, right? Try to do that, Chalamet. He never did that. He was never <laughs> doing that as like a little kid, you know? Oh, God. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I just said kind of dark ending. So I guess the sociopath just can't be rehabbed and <laughs> we just let him die. And he's like 10 years old. So I guess that's just how it had. It was pretty dark. I was like, did he have to die, though? Like, I guess he did try to kill the mom. But like, usually in although back in the old days, because I was just doing like, you know, Hitchcock Back in the old days, like, usually if they had, like, an adulterer or a murderer, they had to be punished. There could never be an open ending where, like, they never served any, like, they, like, sailed off into the sunset. Like, it could never be like that. They always had to, like, answer for their crimes. Kind of like a morality oh, thing. Oh, interesting. So I'm thinking that maybe this is, like, a similar type story where it's, like, even if the kid was put into a hospital at the end, he's not answering He's still in a hospital. Like, he's a kid. Yeah. So, like, death would be the only way, I guess, they could actually, you know, quote-unquote, have him pay for his crimes, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. It's just kind of nuts that they wouldn't be like, no, we can save him. He's a child. Like, mm -hmm. he's not that 
You know, but maybe they just were like, nope, this kid's bad. We're not going to bother trying to, like, help him. We're just going to, like, let him be bad and then get rid of him. And probably adopt Elijah Wood because he's, like, the sweetest <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> and he saved our family. <laughs> Literally you saved know, our family. I, I never want children, but I would adopt Elijah Wood. He's so cute. He's so sweet. He, look, has the same face. It's like his face did not change and his eyes didn't change. So it's like yeah. he looks like this little boy that's like, hi. <laughs> like, like you can put him in your pocket. <laughs> like, he's just so right. cute. I love him. Um, so yeah, got, like, watch Yellow Jackets. Oh, I will. I will. It's, I mean, it's perfect season for it. We're in the holiday season. I love all of these spooky movies i know like this is cool we did queen of the damned which will be up soon on the patreon which is amazing i think i sent you a tiktok video of someone being like the greatest new metal band that never existed was actually lestat because what the fuck why is everything slap in that movie i was like everything like it's kind of amazing more Aaliyah. i wish we had more Aaliyah. Oh, rip. I, I know. I was just like, uh, I thought we had more Leah in this movie, but yeah, it was pretty iconic. But yeah, I mean, if you have no more notes on this really dark and tragic film that everyone should see. Yeah, everyone should see this. I'm very glad you recommended it because yeah, it was, it did not disappoint. Nice. Okay, perfect. Cool. Um, It's on Hulu, so it is like readily available. It's not like it's a film that can't be found, but I was just telling Jules right before we recorded that Don's Plum is like that really weird wild indie Leo pussy posse movie from like the early 2000s so we're gonna probably report back on that <laughs> at some point yes and and uh watch the behind the scenes apparently deposition because I guess it's been trying to be taken down but it's on YouTube now so that will be probably next up soon and we have to figure out more about Trent Reznor and Aaliyah Yes, we we need to solve that. Yeah, we we need. Yeah. It that that is uh 100% must happen. Um Daisy, get out of my face. Oh. She's she wants to talk on the pod. Oh. Hi Daisy. <laughs> she's like She's like give me my mom back. I want to go outside. This is bullshit. So, yeah. until then, <laughs> we will see you on the next one. Awesome. Bye. Bye.